I don't know if you uh, have gone back and revisited many of Dr. Graham's messages through the year. It just, it just makes me shiver to, to see him preach back in the day. Have any of you heard Dr. Graham live? Any of you been to a crusade? Yeah, several of you. And it was a, it was a powerful thing. Well, I want to read our two passages of Scripture that we read earlier as I start into this message on igniting a passion for prayer. Igniting a passion for prayer. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then the passage in Ephesians, both of these passages from the pen of the Apostle Paul, Ephesians 6 and 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. May God give us insight into his word this morning. Well, this morning in the first service in calendar year 24, I would like to start this year focusing on prayer. Prayer is a basic and fundamental part of our Christian lives. And I hope it is a daily part of your life, as Dr. Graham encouraged us in this video. In this first sermon of the series, I would like to speak on igniting a passion for prayer. We need to ramp it up a notch to not make prayer just a habit, but a passion. What is passionate prayer? First, let's look at what passionate prayer is not. Passionate prayer is not prayer where you can barely keep awake while you're praying. Passionate prayer is not prayer when you're thinking about something else while the words of prayer come out of your mouth. Passionate prayer is not prayer done because you feel guilty but you'd rather be doing something else. To see what passionate prayer is, let's look at a verse in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16. James writes, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And then look at this, Thursday night students. Elijah was a man just like us, Thursday night students. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. In this series, we're going to talk about praying powerful and effective prayers. James uses the prophet Elijah as an example of someone who prayed 
powerful prayers, Thursday night students. We've been studying the life of Elijah in the Old Testament. Just in case someone thinks that God no longer works as he did in the days of the Bible, James says, Elijah was a man just like us. Say, just like us. He was no different in nature than people today. In other words, you and I can pray powerfully too. Just as Elijah did. God has not changed in these 2,000 years. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And prayer still works. Elijah was a righteous man, but not perfect. Righteous, not perfect. He lived according to God's word, and he believed God. You and I can do the same. We can live lives of believing God. What did Elijah do? Elijah prayed earnestly and fervently and passionately, and miracles happened. First, it didn't rain. Then, it did rain, Amen. Thursday night students. Elijah's prayer controlled the weather for God's purposes, for God's mission for God's influence in the lives of the children of Israel. Elijah's prayers affected a nation. Earlier this year, as we reflected on the Lord's Prayer and the prayer life of Jesus, we noted how important prayer was to him, and that Jesus wanted his disciples to live a life devoted to prayer. Our Lord's passion for prayer is something he wants us to have. In one of his parables, Jesus taught that we should always pray and not give up. You might remember this parable, Luke chapter 18. It's worth taking a moment to read. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who feared, who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God and I don't care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come back and attack me. There's some comedy in some of these stories. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not, listen, will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will God keep putting them off? I tell you, words of Jesus, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus taught the push principle 
that I first learned when I showed up in this place. This guy taught me, pray until something happens. The push principle, I like that. Pray until something happens. Prayer was obviously a high priority for the Apostle Paul, who wrote letters to the Colossians, the Ephesians, and the Philippians. Some of the most beautiful prayers ever written are found in his letters. Paul's prayers are magnificent, not only because of their content, but also because he was so diligent to pray. He prayed continually. Say continually. You don't believe it. Say continually. For others, he prayed continually for others, and he thanked God for them. Perhaps this leads you to consider how important prayer is in your life. Sometimes we think prayer is a gift that some believers have more than others. Sometimes people who become known for having a passion for prayer are even called prayer warriors. It's true that, that some people are simply more interested in prayer than others, but God wants prayer to be a priority in every believer's life. God wants us to experience prayer as a delight, not as a duty. Can I say that again? God wants us to experience prayer not just as a duty, but as a delight. Perhaps one of the things we should pray about is prayer itself. <laughs> if you ask God to help you make prayer more priority in your life, how do you think he'll respond to that prayer? I think it's likely he'll say yes to that request. And will help you to prioritize prayer in your life. There may be things that none of us may fully understand about prayer, but I can attest to the fact that God pays close attention to the desperate, faith-filled prayer of a godly person. As James wrote, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Such prayers often emerge from circumstances. Listen to me. Some prayers often emerge from circumstances that cause believers to drop everything else and to pray passionately and unashamedly as though their life or the life of a loved one depended on it. What are you praying desperately about? This kind of passion was likely what the late theologian Leonard Ravenhill meant when he said, God doesn't answer prayer. He answers desperate prayer. And in the words of pastor and author Jim Cimbala of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, when God is sought in desperation, he responds, even in hopeless situations. Can I say that again? When God is sought in desperation, he responds, even in hopeless situations. Author E.M. Bounds offered what might be one of the most eloquent descriptions of passionate prayer. Undoubtedly shaped by his perspective, E.M. Bounds was a chaplain 
in the Civil War. Among his many heart-wrenching experiences, he comforted scores of wounded and dying soldiers who prayed and called out to God in the, in the trenches during the horrific Battle of Franklin, one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War. E.M. Bounds writes, Prayer without fervor is as a sun without light or heat, or as a flower without beauty or fragrance. A soul devoted to God is a fervent soul, and prayer is the creature of that flame. Unfortunately, as long as things are going fairly well, without any urgent crisis or problems, many Christians can easily fall into a slumbering state of apathy, unable to perceive or realize the need for urgency in prayer. We need to do something to wake ourselves up, to see the need, to, to realize how urgent prayers are needed. Maybe we need to take a 16-ounce hammer and slam it down on our big toe. We, we must find a way to stay stirred up with the need to pray. And, and, and we mustn't wait for anybody else to do it for us, including me or him, or that guy. We must all take responsibility for stirring ourselves up instead of passing the buck to someone else to stir us up for prayer. As Paul said, 2 Timothy 1, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. We did some stirring up during the Christmas season. Rhonda has one of those KitchenAid thing, you know, that, that massive KitchenAid thing, and, she and it stirs it up. It turns it from one thing to another thing, doesn't it? And if you stir it too long, it might turn into the wrong thing. Stir up the gift which is within you. God has planted within you a gift and a passion to pray, a gift and a passion to reach Folks around you, stir it up. Say, stir it up. Let's look at these passages from the pen of Paul. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious. We've talked about this before. You've seen the bumper sticker. Why worry when you can pray? Do not be anxious about anything. Listen, Judy. Do not worry about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving. I like that. Add thanksgiving to the picture. Huh? 
by, by prayer and petition, by passionate prayer, by, by, by seeking the Lord fervently and being thankful. God loves a thankful heart. Why can we be thankful? Why can you be thankful in a situation, in a circumstance where you are seeking God desperately? Why can you be thankful? Because he listens. <laughs> Present your requests to God. In every situation, in every circumstance, that includes yours. That includes your spouses, or, or your friends, or your children's. That includes your co-workers. Every situation brings prayer out of the life of the believer instead of worry. I'm, I'm just telling you what Paul said. I also told you in a previous sermon that the women in the Snyder family and the Gladfelder family are classic warriors. They're warriors to the hilt. And Paul says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. But in every situation, pray with thanksgiving. I love that. If you don't hear anything else I say today, pray with thanksgiving. One of the things that will do is we'll bring out of you something that we talked about in our study in the Lord's Prayer. And that is that we approach God with worship and praise. We come into his presence with praise and with thankful hearts. It's a starting point. Remember how Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And then we go on to requests and petitions. What's the result of following this advice? Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I could take that verse and preach a series on it. But let me just say this. When you can't understand, when it doesn't make sense, fervent prayer will turn it to peace. I dare you to try it this week. Something comes along. And you say, oh, what are we going to do? And you, and you become anxious. You become worried. You become discouraged. You become depressed. Prayer with thanksgiving will turn that to peace. Amen. I dare you. I dare you. Next time a circumstance comes along, next time a situation comes along, pour your heart out to the Lord with thanksgiving, and he will turn it into peace. What kind of peace? Peace that goes beyond what you can understand. <laughs> Have you ever 
been around somebody that has that presence of peace and they're in a mess and yet and yet God's peace permeates their lives you ever been around that kind of person I want you to be that kind of person my pastor's prayer for you is that you're that kind of person that 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 you have peace that goes way way beyond the situation and way way beyond your understanding the next thing that will happen with that kind of prayer life is that a guardian will be built well a guardian will post himself <laughs> the peace of God will guard your heart that heart that was anxious that heart that was discouraged that heart that was hopeless once the peace of God permeates that heart it will stay and guard say stay and guard stay and guard any of you need that in your life sure you do your heart and your mind your inner man your thought life next time a situation arises instead of your mind going immediately to immediately to the worst case scenario go to the peace of God which passes understanding I hope you heard that I believe that's from God to you today don't go immediately to the worst case scenario it's easy for us to do isn't it amen anybody anybody in this room it's easy for us to do and now look at the Ephesians passage the Ephesians passage pray in the spirit on all occasions which takes us back to what he said in the other passage here, in every circumstance, in all occasions. Now, all occasions is a more pleasant way. When I think of occasions, I think of a nice wedding reception. <laughs> but not all occasions are nice wedding receptions, are they? But he introduces here an element into our prayer life which is going to take it to the next level. And that is praying in the Spirit. There are some lines of thinking who have taken this a wrong direction and taken it into incoherent babbling, which has nothing to do with praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is praying with the assistance of the Spirit in my life. Listen, praying in the Spirit, I want to say this, can also be described as praying with the Spirit alongside. Praying with the Spirit next to me. Praying with the Spirit whispering in my ear.
whispering in my ear with, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Praying in the Spirit. I think some of you have had God speak to you by His Spirit as you prayed and your prayer went a direction, Robin, that you had never thought it would go. But God said, pray in this regard. Pray for, has, has God ever put someone on your heart? So please don't take that lightly. Please don't take that lightly. Pray in the Spirit on all kinds of occasions. And, and with all kinds of prayers and requests. I love that the Holy Spirit is in my life that when I approach Him in prayer, He is there to assist and to guide. With this in mind, you could substitute one of our favorite words, therefore, here. With this in mind, be alert. I like that word a lot. I could preach a while. I'm not going to. I'm just going to say, keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. One of the things that's happened since the 911 attacks in our country is that law enforcement has encouraged people to be aware of their surroundings to be aware of what is going on around them. If it doesn't look right, that idea. I say to you in prayer, be aware of your surroundings. And by your surroundings, I'm not talking about your prayer closet or your bedroom or your kitchen or wherever you pray. I'm talking about your surroundings and people. Be aware, be alert to what people are walking through. And allow God to put them on your heart, and then we can together pray for one another, build one another up, and watch God answer prayer. All kinds of occasions, all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests, because what you need is different than what you need is different than what you need. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That seems like a big one, doesn't it? That seems like a wide-ranging kind of, kind of, how can I pray for all the Lord's people? Well, I would suggest maybe by praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There's one more verse I want us to look at that we hadn't read earlier from Colossians. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. There's that idea again, isn't it? It's like the idea of being alert and being thankful. There's that idea again. Paul reinforces both of these ideas as he writes to the Colossians. Dev but he says, devote yourselves to prayer. I've known a few musicians in my life who are very, 
very devoted to their skills, to their musical abilities. And what they do to develop those skills is practice. <laughs> there's, there's kind of a, a courtyard area at the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music at the University of Cincinnati, CCM it's known as. And on a summer day, when it's nice out and the windows can be open, this courtyard area stands outside of a line of practice rooms that are up on the third floor of the building. And you know what you hear? You hear piano students. You hear clarinet students. You hear vocal students singing their operatic. And, and you can stand there and you can hear maybe 8, 10, 12 young people at the same time devoting themselves devoting themselves to learning perfection on their instrument, on their skill. <laughs> I've told a few musicians who have come to my shop through the years, you've spent too much time in the practice room because <laughs> they're out playing their equipment. Friend, devote yourself. Of all the things to be devoted to, of all the things to practice, of all the things to aspire to learn to be proficient at, I submit to you that it's not a bad idea to devote yourself to prayer. Not a bad idea at all. And in that, be watchful, alert, and thankful. This one over here helps me pay attention to what's going on with you folks. She's keeping up with the prayer requests and the things that are going on. And you've seen that because she's been in touch with you. I'm thankful. Let me make some suggestions, some practical suggestions to increase and ignite the passion in your prayer life be okay with some practical suggestions? Number one, number one, dwell and meditate on God's Word. God's Word is a great place to start. People sometimes lack a burden or a passion because they've become distant from the things of the Word. So just as I'm talking to you about devoting yourself to prayer, I'm also talking about devoting yourself to the Word of God. Like those verses that we read today and so many others. Keep your thought life focused on God and His Word instead of the cares and distractions of this world. You're tired of me talking about distractions, so I won't anymore today. 
one of my life verses, if I have such a thing, is from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Secondly, secondly, maintain a regular regimen of prayer. Maintain a regular regimen of prayer. When you think about passion, you automatically kind of think about excitement and energy, but passion can be understood as persistence and determination. Persistence. There should be persistence and determination in your prayer life. Amen? Remember, <laughs> it's easier to build a bonfire on top of smoldering embers than on cold, wet wood. There's our bonfire guy. It's easier to, to build a fire on top of smoldering embers that continue to ignite. Psalm 55 says, Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and will cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. The writers of the scriptures understood a consistent prayer life of communication with our God. Number three, fast and pray. Combining the biblical discipline of fasting together with our prayers is an important and valuable discipline practice. Among other things, fasting is a voluntary form of self-denial that arouses a sense of urgency in us, that helps stir the sincerity and intensity of our prayer life. Joel 2, Now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. I would suggest to you, and to all of us, that when those especially when those difficult and trying circumstances come along, that a practice in some form of fasting along with praying adds emphasis in our lives. Number four, we talked about this, pray in the Spirit. This is one of the great reasons that believers need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that his indwelling presence may help us to pray. Amen. The Holy Spirit is our comforter and our helper who enables and equips us with the power to serve God and to live the Christian life. The Spirit, Romans 8, 28, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, the Spirit within you, God's Spirit that has been implanted in your life, one of the very purposes in your life is to help you to pray. It's to help you to pray. Jesus said, I got to go, but I'm going to send you a helper. I got to go, but I'm going to send you a helper, a comforter. And some of the great work that the Holy Spirit does in our day is to spur believers to pray. 
and then to give them a burden and help them to pray as they should. Number five, I love this one. Exploit your trials. You know what that word exploit means? It says take advantage of. Take advantage of your trials? Huh? Take, take advantage of your circumstances? Take advantage, exploit your situations? Many believers don't understand the purpose of trials in our lives, viewing them only as annoyances and distractions. However, troubles and difficulties are opportunities for our faith and our spiritual passion to grow. Every trial that comes your way is an opportunity for God to do something great. Can I go back a second to ask you to resist going to the worst case scenario when a, when a, a problem comes up? Instead, see it as a God opportunity. See it as a Holy Spirit chance to show himself in your life. Exploit your trials. Such persistence against opposition, discouragement, or doubt will build your faith and your spiritual strength. <laughs> Situation comes along. God, you've brought me another opportunity. You've brought another opportunity to watch you work and to help me grow. To watch you work and to help me grow. And finally, pray together with other believers. Pray together with other believers. There is no substitute for your personal, private prayer life Hear me. But having frequent opportunities to pray with other believers is absolutely essential in your life. Such prayer adds to our faith, adds to our spiritual encouragement, provides examples for how to model our own prayers, and acts upon the promises of God's word that Jesus will manifest his presence and honor their prayers of agreement with each other. Matthew 18, the words of Jesus. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. We will bring this series on prayer to a landing and put within our ministry time together more emphasis on prayer. That's where I'm headed. That's where the Lord's leading. That's where the Lord's leading. Would you be shocked if we came together sometime? and did nothing but pray. I hope you wouldn't be disappointed that you drove here. 
I'm going to close with a passage from, again, from the words of James, from chapter 5 of the book of James, verse 13. I'm going to just read it. Try not to preach each passage. Just read it. Is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Pretty powerful stuff. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Somebody say each other. So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mike.